Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives. But those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today, we're talking about socially responsible investing. I am excited to talk about socially responsible investing. You know, we've gotten so many requests uh, for this topic uh, as far as the questions sent into us. It got upvoted into a real big boy episode. So <laughs> we're not taking questions on this one. We'll do a real episode on it. We'll go full length here, uh, the, the, an entire show dedicated to it. And I think socially responsible investing is something that is on the mind of a lot of investors, in particular, younger investors really are trending towards socially responsible investing in droves. And it's really changing the industry as a whole. Let's get into that in just a second. First, Matt, I wanted to let you know I had to buy a new washing machine at a rental property the other day. 
and I have acutely felt the impact of the Chinese tariffs that are currently in effect. Man, washing machine prices and other prices too have gone up just quite a bit thanks to the tariffs that our president has levied against China. And I don't like to get political on the show, but it's just worth noting that the tariffs have made are making an actual impact in consumer purchases yeah, right now. You're feeling that. I guess washing machines are made of a lot of steel. So, right. <laughs> you're going to have to get old school and wash your clothes by hand. <laughs> yeah, I uh, guess so. Like a little wash basin, well, hang them up. My tenant will have to, I guess, yeah. right? <laughs> I ended up finding that actually buying a used washing machine, while that has gone up in price too from, from where it was, it's still, it actually made more sense for me to to go buy a used washing machine because there's just such a big difference in price right now uh, because the tariffs have made a new washing machine so expensive. Yeah. And you know, I feel that buying a used washer and dryer set is a good way to go if you aren't in a hurry, you know, like you see them posted all the time on Facebook marketplace online uh, and folks are having to unload them because they're moving for work and they can't take it with them. Depends on the situation, but yeah, you can really get a good deal on like a brand new, like fancy front loading sets for a fraction of, of what it would be new. I personally have never purchased a brand new washer dryer ever. <laughs> that probably doesn't surprise folks. Yeah, well actually the uh, the set that I had in this rental property, I got for $100 from a friend who just needed them gone. And uh, I moved them myself and, and put them into place. I was just sad to see that the washing machine had kicked the bucket so quickly within a year and a half of me buying it. Oh, but, bummer. Yeah, but you know what? A hundred bucks for the set. You know, I still have a working dryer in there. Still totally worth it, right? But I was able to, to score a, a six-month-old, almost brand new washing machine that was in really good condition for, for 300 bucks. So not ideal to pay that much. But when I was looking at that compared to the prices for new washing machines right now, holy mackerel, big savings, that's for sure. Yeah. So by the way, based on my experience with you buying a washing machine and seeing kind of how the tariffs are impacting different consumer goods that, uh, that are sold in our society, I just kind of wanted to put that in front of people and say that as prices of certain goods go up, it makes it even more important to shop in the used marketplace because the price gap between new and used has just grown a lot in certain categories. So uh, yeah, just make sure to shop. These tariffs are not ideal for us when we buy items, but you know what? They're kind of part of the way it is right now. Let's introduce our beer that we're going to have on this episode, man. This is Toffee Stouts by Carolina Brewery. And this is another beer sent to us by Emma. And she's out of Chapel Hill, man. And you know, when she sent us these beers, she also sent these blue cups. And she said that every Wednesday they go there and uh, they share a beer. She shares a beer with her best friend. And so she said that reminded her of us and that we had to have a set of these cups. So super sweet of her to think of us. And uh, Emma, thanks so much for sending this beer our way. We're looking forward to uh, chatting it up at the end of this episode. And drinking it in, <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> All right, Matt. So on to the subject at hand. We're talking about socially responsible investing. And man, these socially responsible investing funds have gained some major traction over the past, in particular, five to seven years. And in fact, it turns out that one in four investing dollars are now being invested in a quote unquote, socially responsible way. Yeah, that's, that's kind of mind blowing because there is a lot of money that's being invested right now in our country. And to think that a quarter of that, that blows my mind, but yeah, it's, it's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just the pace of socially responsible investing has just really caught on fire and it's pretty incredible. And so this has been the most requested topic for us to talk about. And I feel like there is a lot to talk about when it comes to socially responsible investing. There are terms that we kind of need to parse out, but I think there's some really good takeaways that we're going to have for folks as we kind of get into this a little bit further. 
Yeah, Joel. But first, you know, we should ask ourselves the question, should we even be going down this path? Right? Like we've talked about the simplicity of investing. And this, in fact, adds a curveball into the mix. But it's a valuable option for many, especially if you have issues investing in companies that do business in industries that don't align with you personally, right? You know, we had one listener say that he'd avoided investing because he didn't want to invest in unethical companies. Well, you know, for him specifically and and others like him, this, in fact, it really is the right path to go down. Yeah, Matt, we've talked about so many other things when it comes to investing. You know, we've talked about uh, the simple way to do it. We've talked about the fees involved. But if those aren't your hangups, right? If your hangup is you want to make sure that you're investing in companies that are doing good in the world and not knowing if you can actually make that happen has prevented you from becoming an investor. Well, it is important to note that it is possible and that it's gotten easier, right? And interestingly enough, the performance of socially responsible funds have actually been shown to do just as well as the index, if not even just a touch better. So it turns out there might even be less risk investing in companies that have better socially responsible ratings than investing in the total stock market as a whole. Obviously, past results don't indicate future performance, but Since its inception, the Vanguard FTSE index, the socially responsible index, has outperformed Vanguard's S&P 500 index fund, which is important to note as we get into this conversation. Yeah, you know, it's awesome to see that socially responsible and conscious companies are being rewarded for the sort of the good work that they're doing and the, the extra steps that it takes to be ranked well. And Joel, these funds are no longer a niche product. Socially responsible funds are only going to grow in popularity, you know, we have a certain amount of power and, and responsibility in a way to move our money in a way that supports and incentivize certain types of activity. And so I think it's great that we're starting to see that change. We're starting to see that shift towards these funds. Um, and, and right now, just in the U.S. alone, you know, we talked about how one in four dollars are being invested in a socially responsible way. That's $12 trillion. Like that is... Total invested in, in socially responsible funds? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. Just yeah, in the US lot. alone, which is a mind-blowing amount of money. And so I think it's encouraging to see that. And I think that a lot of companies are going to take note and they're going to start changing their behavior and, and how they respond to different issues that we as owners in the company, right? As stockholders begin to present. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to change the way companies do business, this new method of investing, right? But Just know also at the same time that it's going to be difficult to avoid all the murky realms of morality that occur when you attempt to invest in socially responsible funds. It's kind of the wild, wild west out there right now when it comes to socially responsible funds. And there's a lot of marketing involved. Honestly, there are a lot of high fees involved in a lot of these funds that are touting themselves as investing in only socially responsible companies. We're going to get into that a little bit more, but it's important to note on the front end that just because a fund is touted as being a socially responsible fund, well, that doesn't necessarily mean that's the case. One person's definition of socially responsible might be another person's definition of socially irresponsible, right? So it takes a little more personal involvement and research when you're attempting to pick the right socially responsible fund for you. Yeah, Joel, that's what makes it so difficult, right? It, it varies from person to person, and it's part of why it makes it so difficult to define what social responsible investing is, but we're going to attempt that right after the break. You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? 
Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pump for that. But sometimes, those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. <laughs> 
Okay, Joe, we're back. Let's talk now specifically about some different definitions. That way, we know we're kind of all on the same page. Oftentimes, you hear ESG, you hear SRI, you hear impact investing. You hear all those terms used interchangeably, but in fact, they're pretty different. Uh, and so first, let's talk about ESG. All right, so ESG is a rankings and evaluation system, like you mentioned, Matt, based on environmental, social, and governance standards. It's the closest that you're going to get to traditional investing. And the focus of these types of funds in particular is actually to see how these different standards that a company might have as they raise their levels of commitment towards the environment and towards social responsibility will actually have positive impacts on those stock values. So it's kind of like the tail wagging the dog. They're more concerned about the value of the company growing as those commitments towards sustainability and better corporate governance actually increase. Yeah, but because of that, there is some good that comes from companies who rank well, right, when it sure. comes to their ESG. So, you know, a company might pollute less. And while that's good for the environment and how that might be good for our ability to breathe on this planet, it also is good for the company because they're not getting slapped with fines. They're not getting shut down, uh, different things that might negatively affect that company. So there are some positive outcomes uh, that can be a result of being ranked well or being considered an ESG fund. But just know, yeah, that their primary concern is the monetary financial value of specific stocks within that fund. And then next, let's talk about SRI, which is just generally speaking, socially responsible investing. Typically, these funds will strike more of a balance between doing good in the world, but at the same time, also growing your money. They don't often take into account the furthest reaches of social and environmental responsibility, but they will you know, purely eliminate certain sin stocks yeah, stocks and companies that oftentimes are looked negatively upon, like fossil fuel or oil companies, it's pretty easy for those to be filtered out. And filtering out, I mean, that's honestly a good way to think about socially responsible investing. A lot of times these are funds that look a lot like other funds that you would normally invest in, but they don't include certain stocks and companies that might be a little more controversial. So oftentimes they can be real similar to the index funds that you're used to, but just the cleaned up versions of those. All right, Matt, the third major category besides ESG and SRI investing is impact investing. So impact investing essentially means that the fund's primary desire is to see social impact and environmental change. That's the top priority and financial performance is secondary. So whereas SRI investing, socially responsible investing might be passive by avoiding certain companies, impact investing actively seeks out companies with a mission to accomplish social good. It's essentially investing your values over investing in value. And it's really interesting to see the far-reaching impacts that impact investing is already taking on. And so for example, there's a racial justice index fund that seeks to invest in companies that are committed towards creating a diverse workplace environment, and they don't invest in companies that aren't committed towards that goal. And so it is interesting to see the kind of ways that you can put your dollar to work when it comes to impact investing. Just know that if you are choosing that route, you're prioritizing social change over making a profit. And I think that is just an important distinction that needs to be made, uh, especially since we're at the very forefront of these type of investment strategies. 
Yeah, Joel, what might be helpful too is to view these terms on a spectrum. We have three terms. ESG is at one end where the companies are still very concerned with making sure that they make a profit. And by the way, if we, they are doing good things uh, socially and in the environment, then great. You know, that's something that we can send out a report on, get some press coverage on, makes them look good, but they're not actively seeking those things out. SRI is kind of more in the middle, like we talked about, socially responsible investing. And that's a way to still earn money in good funds. But at the same time, you're able to exclude some specific companies or industries who maybe aren't doing things quite on the up and up in a way that you would like to see them done. And then, you know, you continue down that spectrum and then you have impact investing, right? And that's, again, where they're not really concerned about the money. They're focused on that social change. All these terms are pretty new. And so it's worth mentioning that oftentimes these terms may be used interchangeably and maybe even incorrectly. And so because of that, it is up to you as an investor to kind of dig into the research a little bit and figure out what is included in the portfolios of these different funds. It's a little more work, but if this is a priority for you, uh, this is an important step. Yeah, Matt, in previous episodes, you know, we've discussed just basic index investing being the kind of set it and forget it easy approach especially for people that are in their wealth building years and phase of, of investing. But yes, this path, attempting to invest in a socially responsible way, it requires more research on the part of the investor. So merit for inclusion in a socially responsible fund varies from company to company. For instance, Vanguard has 300 different measures for its fund. They look at water use, pollution, labor standards, health and safety records, but you know what? Their standards might not be rigid enough for you. And other funds might include companies that you might not want to hold, like Wells Fargo or Equifax, who have been accused of poor labor practices or sell products that you might not agree with. It's really important to do your research on the different criteria the different funds have that govern which companies can be included in that fund or not. And we kind of just touched on this, but a lot of times many funds will look to mirror different indexes that already exist. But again, we'll exclude the companies involved, say maybe in the coal or the tobacco or the weapons, guns, industries, or even companies that have some privacy concerns like Facebook. And then some funds will make it really easy for you though, you know, and they'll clearly state their focus, including the different companies that advance a particular cause. Joel, you just mentioned a racial diversity fund. There's another one out there uh, as well that promotes gender diversity on their boards and in management positions of companies. And what's really cool about that fund is their ticker symbol is she. <laughs> it's just S-H-E, which is super cool. That's awesome. And very appropriate. And what I love about it, though, is that it's incredibly clear as to what that fund is all about. And so it can be tough a lot of times to kind of wade through what these funds do like like how how is this fund any different than some of these other funds except that i see that they cost more right like their expense ratios are a little bit more and digging into what it is that sets these funds apart falls a little bit more to you as the investor yeah matt and so a few weeks ago we had an episode about the importance of fees when it comes to investing well what about the fees when you're trying to invest in a socially responsible way we'll get down to brass tacks and discuss that right after the break You probably think it's too soon to join AARP, right? Well, let's take a minute to talk about it. Where do you see yourself in 15 years? More specifically, your career, your health, your social life. What are you doing now to help you to get there? Well, there are tons of ways for you to start preparing today for your future with AARP. What about that dream job you've dreamt about? Sign up for AARP reskilling courses to help make it a reality. How about that active lifestyle you've only spoken about from the couch? 
AARP has health tips and wellness tools to keep you moving for years to come. But none of these experiences are without making friends along the way. Connect with your community through AARP volunteer events. So, it's safe to say, it's never too soon to join AARP. They're here to help your money, your health, and happiness live as long as you do. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash wisefriend. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach. Do. Every single summer, we've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes, those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host, or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Let's talk now about the next steps, right? You are researching your socially responsible funds. And let's just say you've got two of them that look great. They are very similar in what they invest in or what they don't invest in. What the next thing you want to look at are fees. We've talked before about M1 and how they have their expert pies. Well, you know what? They offer ESG funds themselves. Vanguard also has that great newish uh, socially responsible fund as well. And it has fairly low fees. Obviously, not quite as low as VT Sachs. But that fund also does better on that spectrum as you're considering where to push your money. Just know that because these different funds have grown in popularity over the last several years, that fees have come down and we'll continue to see those fees drop because of competition. 
Yeah, and as you're seeking to be a socially responsible investor, you're going to want to continue to be well diversified at the same time, right? Fees are crucial. Diversification is also really important. So handpicking just a few stocks that you believe do well in regards to their social impact, well, that's a terrible route to go because you don't want all your eggs in just a few baskets. But for instance, that Vanguard fund that we just mentioned has over 400 companies inside of it. Fidelity has a socially responsible fund that has almost 350 companies inside of it. And that's diversified enough. And those funds do pretty well when it comes to fees. We'll put links to those as well as the M1 ESG funds in the show notes so that you can kind of start to do a little bit of research about particular funds that we think will serve you well and see if those low fee funds match up with your values and how you want to invest. As a contrast, though, it's really important to note that there are a lot of ESG, SRI, and impact investing funds out there right now because it's becoming such a popular way to invest. And those funds might have a dialed-in approach when it comes to investing in companies that are having good social impacts on the world around us. But there's also a good chance that the fees are incredibly high, especially since so many of these funds are new. So just be careful as you're digging around and you find companies that seem to prioritize investing in a way that you align with, because as we've discussed on the show before, fees are crucial when we're talking about your investment returns over your investing lifetime. So just make sure that that is a point of utmost consideration as you're doing your research. Ultimately, there's a way to invest according to your conscience while still making sure that you're not paying you know, out the nose when it comes to fees. Joel, hearing you mention sort of like these new kind of socially responsible funds that might be crazy expensive makes me think of kind of positioning, right? And branding and how they're kind of selling them themselves essentially to the consumer, which honestly, it kind of makes me think of just how it's difficult to know whether or not companies are actually doing the socially responsible thing. Um, and unfortunately, I think it's easy for us uh, to be led into thinking that a company is doing the right thing you know, when in fact that they're not. It, it makes me think of Volkswagen, for instance. Generally speaking, I feel like that they've been positioned as this fairly hip, kind of in-touch company. For the most part, their cars are, are kind of small and, and environmentally friendly. At least they look it. Yeah, the clean diesel was touted often, right? In, in ads before the emission scandal broke. Exactly. But exactly. Then the emission scandal happened and it turned out that Volkswagen, starting at a very high level, they did not have the environment in mind. And in fact, we're just looking at the, you know, their bottom financial line. Deceiving folks. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but it's true. I think what we can see, though, moving forward is that a lot more pressure will be placed on companies to be transparent and to disclose what they're doing in regards to the environment, how they behave socially and, and how the company governs internally. These are all factors that we're going to be looking to, not only as you know consumers, but as investors before we're looking to part with our money. Yeah. And I think companies that don't do a good job uh, in these areas, they're going to see fewer and fewer investment dollars floating their way, and they're going to lose a competitive advantage because of that. But for the individual investor, really in this whole space of socially responsible investing, it's going to take a bit more work, especially where we are right now. There's still a Wild West component when we're talking about investing in a socially responsible manner. It can be done and it's getting easy. And I think we're going to see a proliferation in the years to come. Fees are going to come down. Transparency is going to grow and companies are going to change the way they do business because people are prioritizing investing in a socially responsible way. And I think that's all great. I just think right now for the individual investor, there are some bear traps out there that can get you. And the biggest one is high fee funds touting their socially responsible investing philosophy, but eating up your money in the process. 
Yeah, Joel. And you know, something else that's so important as well is to not let the unknown keep you from investing in your future at all. We mentioned the listener who had sent us this question mentioning how this was keeping him from investing or at least delaying his investments. It can be really easy to start with that Vanguard social index fund or consider some different funds that have a higher ESG ranking. You can start there. And as you gain knowledge and as this space kind of develops and evolves over time, Hopefully you can make informed and smart decisions. And we'll link to some of those funds, like again, that we mentioned in our show notes. All right, buddy, let's get back to the beer. Today on the show, we had Toffee Stout by Carolina Brewery. Thanks to listener Emma for sending this one our way. I got to tell you, I wish my dad was here. He loves toffee. (laughs) He would have been all about this beer, man. And I got to say, I really enjoyed it myself too. Yeah, toffee is the same thing as a Heath Bar, right? Like, exactly. Heath my, Bar is name brand toffee, basically. My dad is obsessed with Heath Bar. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm a fan as well. How do you make that? Isn't it just kind of like melted down baked sugar and butter? <laughs> <laughs> That's my assumption. Yeah. Uh, well, in this beer, I didn't taste a ton of those sweeter, you know, buttery notes, but I did get a lot of like roasted flavors. Uh, certainly, this was a, a really malty beer. You're not going to get any bitterness from the hops per se, but you will get some of that kind of dark chocolate roasted bitterness and if you like a really dark cup of coffee with maybe just a little bit of sugar this would be a good beer for you to check out i actually wrote down this reminded me of drinking a cold brew coffee like totally reminded me of my morning cold brew that i drink every morning in the summer with like that touch of sweetness right that toffee sweetness but but really it's funny because this doesn't have any coffee it's not a coffee stout it's a toffee stout but it, oh, i wonder if it's the name do you think it's the name that made us both instead of think toffee it kind of made us think coffee notes i don't know man it just totally it had that vibe for me but the brain is a weird place man. it, it is it is that's true but but yeah this had kind of that sweet toffee feel but also kind of this cold brew coffee underpinning to it it was really really good and seriously thanks emma for sending this beer away we really appreciate it yeah thank you Okay, Joel. Let's take it to our final thoughts, uh, what we want to leave listeners with. And that is, you know, this is a newer space when it comes to investing. There's a lot of terms floating out there, ESG, SRI. Uh, Know that you have to do your own research, not only because this is a newer space, but because it varies from person to person, what you consider socially responsible investing. Maybe for you, that's completely avoiding fossil fuels, or maybe that's you know not investing with companies that have poor social practices, uh, like they don't treat their workers well. Yeah, and don't forget to prioritize low fees at the same time. So crucial. We'll put a link to our favorite low-fee ESG and SRI funds in the show notes. And by the way, you can find those show notes at howtomoney.com. Well, yeah. Well, on that note, if you found this episode helpful and you're enjoying this podcast, we would love for you to leave a review over at Apple Podcasts or honestly, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, it is all helpful. Thank you so much. However, if you think that we have some room for improvement, Joel and I, we are always looking to do better. So you can go to our website, howtomoney.com forward slash do better. Uh, leave us some constructive criticism there and we read every single one of those. So Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, man. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz, This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. 
Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways you probably haven't heard from them before. Some of my favorites are with Tom Hanks, Questlove, and Kate Blanchett. In recent weeks, I had talked to actor Dan Levy, director Ava DuVernay, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.